Make Life Delicious, the podcast, is more than the food we eat. It's what else in life that makes us feel, be, and act delicious. We'll have conversations about real life, its messiness, and the things we can't live without. The ups, the downs, and the things we do on the daily to maintain our health, strength, and our balance. We'll talk about the unconventional wisdom and the alternative practices used in raising families, from healing to sex, because life's juicy. We are so excited and so ready to share how we make life delicious every day and how you can too. This is a Soul Fire production. Hello and welcome back to Make Life Delicious, the podcast. If you've been following along, we've been talking about sex. In our episodes of talking about how to introduce sex with your children, how to talk about sex, uh, we've also had one where we've talked about the key ingredients on having great sex. And actually, today, Meg and I are so delighted to welcome Dolly Josette on today's Make Life Delicious because Dolly is a somatic sex educator. She's a certified sexological body worker and an intimacy and relationship coach, which you know, Peg's here, is so excited and giddy because I find sex in just my life to be something so delicious. And I want everyone to feel comfortable and, you know, just so we're so excited, Dolly, to have you today. Thank you. It's so wonderful. I, I I just love your energy, both of you. It's, it's been a long time and I'm just loving this warmth, um, hug and excitement about this really important topic. It is. And I'm sure our listeners are super excited to also understand what it is that you do. You know, what is a somatic sex educator? What is a certified sexological body worker? And for me personally, I've had the opportunity to work with you. We've brought you in on our reset workshops. We've had numerous clients of ours be able to work with you and have such great success. So, you know, we're just blessed to be able to share Dolly's wonderful and and really important work to actually just demystify any thoughts, ideas, and or beliefs that any of you might have or had around intimacy, sex, lovemaking, just relationships. Mm-hmm. And I know that this will be a very juicy and enlightening conversation today. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it will. Well, the work of a somatic sex educator, I want to just explain the word somatic. It comes from mm-hmm. soma, which means of the body. So what we're doing is we're teaching people how to actually tune into the wisdom of their body because the body holds so many memories in the tissues. So it can be, you know, pleasure memories, it can be trauma memories, it can be all sorts of things in our nervous system. Um, and so what we're doing as opposed to like a talk therapist, I'm not, a, I'm not a therapist, but we're, we're getting out, we might pull the stories from the cognitive, but then we're always relating it back to the body. How does it land in your body? What does your body feel about this? Because we're tuning into the intuition and moreover, actually, you could call me all of those things and those titles, but truly I'm an embodiment coach. I love that. Truly, oh. that's what it is. 
Because when one can really move into their body and become embodied, that's when so much is possible. And there's pillars of embodiment that range from breath to movement to touch to placement of awareness to sound. Those are kind of like the basics. And when we think about just how those elements are in our sexual relationships, how many people are taught like, shh, be quiet make no sound Mm -hmm. or quickie, quickie, like no touching, but just get it done. Or, (laughs) or, you know, placement of awareness. Oh, what do I have to buy for groceries later? And what do I have to do? So all of these elements of non-embodiment are Mm -hmm. so present in our intimacy with our partners. So we're trying to rewire all of that. And then especially if you have children in the house. Yeah. (laughs) But I also love the piece too, learning that with yourself. Yes. So key. If there isn't a partner, if there isn't someone else, like I think about how to get comfortable with that embodiment with Mm -hmm. yourself, because when you're in a place of true self-confidence and Mm self-awareness, it it enhances all relationships as well as an intimate relationship. It, you're so right, um, Megs. And it's so cliche, but it's so true. Like you being your your very own best lover. Mm-hmm. And what that means is starting to be able to tune in to know what kind of touch do you like? Um, what, you know, what feels good to you so that, you know, when you're given, what? how can I please you? If your partner says that, then you even know what to say. Because many people come to my office and they say, I'm not satisfied, but I don't even know what to ask for. I love this. Isn't that so true too, Dolly? Because you really talk about connecting. Connecting with yourself is Mm -hmm. so important. So I'm curious because when Pegs and I first met you, Mm -hmm. you were in a completely different profession. You yes. were our colon hydrotherapist. I was your colon hydrotherapist. And we, oh God, we love you for that. And that is such an intimate, vulnerable situation. How did you discover somatic body work and how did you create this transition from one intimate body of work to another intimate body of work? Well, it's interesting. I've had quite a career trajectory. Um, I was a former TV producer. And when I was trying to get pregnant and having multiple uh, miscarriages with Jason, who's my second husband, I, I left TV because I was discovering a lot of health issues that I just needed to care for my body. And when you're just focusing on that, I needed, I needed to focus my attention on something. And one of the three treatments that I loved was colon hydrotherapy. I had an opportunity to purchase an existing business, really make it my own, get certified in that. And it's such an interesting like bridge into this whole aspect of myself that I had no idea. This whole aspect of healing and my touch and um, this opportunity to be with a part of the body and just to respect the part of the body. I mean, I'm working with getting tubes in, you know, if people don't know what a colonic is, we're basically hydrating the colon. So you're putting, you know, water in and things come out through a system. It's nice and clean and tidy. Um, But the thing about it is being able to have people feel comfortable and making their parasympathetic nervous system just, ah, 
the relax. And then when you can relax and you can eliminate all this waste. So I started with that and you all, you all can talk about how that experience was for you. Well, and we have a podcast that we just did all on the ins and outs of colon hydrotherapy Mm -hmm. with an old new colon hydrotherapist, Talia. So if you're really curious about colon hydrotherapy, she really does a wonderful in-depth as well um, conversation with Megs and me. So that's up on the podcast as well. And when I was doing this work, I was realizing how comfortable I was with the body. So fast forward to um, our one of our naturopath doctors wrote this book um, called The Brighton Baby. And one of the chapters, it was like how to get your body super healthy um, so that we can make an amazing baby. So I was still on that track. And one of the chapters was dedicated to male and men's health. And one of the ideas was about a prostate massage. And it piqued my husband's curiosity. Fascinating. And he referred us to Ellen Heed, who is now a mentor to me and one of the great teachers in sexological bodywork. And so it was like, date night, prostate massage, learn how to do this. And when she's teaching me and I'm working with him, she's like, you're a natural. I was thinking, well, the colon hydrotherapy is teaching me how to be with the body and not have shame. The most important thing for people who do what I do, we do not have shame for the body. It's truly about honoring the body, respecting it, respecting boundaries, making the people that work with us feel super safe. And you can't get a better training ground than a colon hydrotherapist. (laughs) No, I remember. I remember, well, you were, you know, you were working with me and I, I would see the transition and I would hear all the learning that you were doing that it piqued my curiosity. Yes. And that's why Tim and I came to you to do some of this work as well. Yes. It was so, such an honor. Was, oh my goodness. And I think, you know, how you're talking about, like you, you spoke on, like we had the experience of getting to work with you and even you saying, I mean, just the sound of your voice is so relaxing and soothing. You really <laughs> do have this aura that's meant for that comfort. And I think a part of it too, especially when it comes to sex and self-awareness and all of this type of work is it's instead of focusing on shame, it's that exploration, mm. exploring curiosity, exploring oh, so yourself. And that's exactly what you did. It was like, you piqued this curiosity, especially when I think of during these times now, when everyone is being faced with all of these issues or struggles in their life with this massive unknown. And it's like, instead of you're facing a wall or something, this shame, it's like, let's get curious. Why is this here? Let's go inside and figure it out. And I think that's what exactly is somatic healing in terms of why does this type of touch trigger me? Why can't I express, vocalize what it is that I want? And also, why don't I know what I want? Where is that block? And it's so key. It's one of the key words that we use, like, let's get curious. What are you curious to learn about? Or when I send people home to do their home exploration, like, let's take the agenda off and let's just be curious because your body is going to tell you things different day. And as you work with your own body and you build that trust and that connection, and it's not forcing, you're not forcing yourself to do things. But one of the big things that I teach is about agency and women doing vulva mapping. 
And I teach about dialoguing with your vulva, but you can really dialogue with every part of your body. Like just checking in and saying, what do you need from me? And so that's that curiosity saying, hmm, you know, um, and then feeling in. So it's always sensation based. So as a somatics um, educator, there's a lot that we teach that doesn't even involve touch in terms of me administering touch. It's just about bringing the awareness, going in those pillars of embodiment, um, looking at consent and boundaries and past... um, you know, cult, you know, upbringing because mm-hmm. of how your mother is, I imagine, but I might be projecting this. You'll have <laughs> yes, to clarify yes. that you have a much more <laughs> open mind about what's possible because you see your parents actually in a loving relationship. Definitely. I think, you know, that is also a misconception that we've always said this, like people look at our family and you're like, oh my goodness, this is the most loving, open-hearted, communicative, um, compassionate, very close-knit family. But we all still have our stuff too. And I think about my traumas or triggers, especially in the bedroom and my own sexuality and that discovery mm-hmm. is was so experience-based having a very developed older sister, two years older than me, who looked very different than I did, Mm -hmm. who was this, in some ways, like a sex idol to a lot of the younger boys that we, like Mm -hmm. boys in her grade and stuff, Mm -hmm. where I, I looked very young for my age, didn't develop until my senior year, really in high school. Mm -hmm. So that dynamic of having a mother that's very voluptuous and juicy, juicy (laughs) with very intimate parents. I loved watching them kiss all the time with a, a very self-aware and sexual older sister, like just from the surface of what you would see with her tight clothes and her makeup and all the stuff to then me where I was living in baggy jeans and sweatshirts and didn't really understand or come Mm. into my sexual awareness until later on. And yes. even later on, I was still 16, 17, yes. like, which is still, I, I think back and it's like, holy shit, that's so young. Well, yes. You know, now we think about it being young. Yes. Yeah. Well, what's really interesting to make is that, you know, one of our rituals at night, I really, I don't know if I was raised this way or what, but touch was so important to me, to me, you know, putting four daughters to bed at night, you know, massaging dad and I would each, you know, massage your feet, massage your hand. And to me, that's a very sensational, like when you were talking about the sensations of, you know, connecting with another person, you got that every night totally from dad and I too. Yes. Which definitely led to good body awareness. So as I'm witnessing the world around me, as Mm -hmm. I'm witnessing growing up in a beach community, living in bathing suits, being compared to my three other sisters. I was, because I was comfortable with being touched and touch and aware of love and intimacy in that way and affection. I also was aware that I might not be ready for that when all of my friends are being ready Mm, for that. So great awareness. In that sense, I do think I was very blessed and fortunate to have been raised in that environment Mm -hmm. to doing this. But I think even now at 31, I truly in the past couple of years, late twenties, early thirties, that I finally have 
developed more of a, what you're saying, that conversation with my body. Mm, That's gorgeous. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad to hear that. And what you speak to too is sexuality or being, you know, sexuality looks different for everybody. It doesn't mean tight clothes and red lipstick. You know, that's just Mm -hmm. one version. Totally. Everybody has the potential. Um, It's just really if you're giving yourself permission to have those explorations. I love that. And that's so true because even in my baggy sweatshirts and not thinking I was that exuding that, I still won class flirt. So Ah, (laughs) there you go. (laughs) If you embody it, you embody that comfortability and that awareness of like awareness of other people. Exactly. And that's a long line of class flirts. Both daddy and I were that too. In both junior high and high school. I know. But what's coming up for me, what's so interesting is um, the connection with yourself that doesn't get as a parent, you know, I have my parent hat on. And like, I'll never forget when, you know, when one of the kids came to me and Mm -hmm. talked about, well, you know, mom, what's masturbation? And how many of parents don't even have that conversation with their children around self-pleasure and what that looks like. Mm -hmm. You know, can you touch on that? Is that part of the somatic or the sex? Or, you know, how do we, um, is that a demystify or is that a, how do we as, you know, parents of kids, because I know that we have a lot of parents out there listening, you know, introduce that. Yeah, I, I'm not in a place, even though I, I do have a childhood education and master's in that because I did work in that field um, as another incarnation of my life. I haven't made the bridge yet to work with parents and children, but what I will say is that actually teaching parents about what self-touch is and what we call in sexological body work as orgasmic yoga practice. Um, And it's just this idea that it's a self-touch, that there's not a destination. That's why they use the word yoga. Like you can go when you're, you can do one thing one day and then your body doesn't want to do that thing the next day. And it's a practice. So most of my clients they have no idea. And we think we know. Everybody's like, well, you just get there. Or if I talk to a man, they just sit there in the hand. I just sit, watch a screen and my hands up and down and that's it. Or a woman might have her favorite toy or her favorite position. And it's just a quick go-to. Everybody, like you can imagine in your mind, mm-hmm. like visualize for just one moment, what is your go-to and how do you masturbate? Um, Mm -hmm. We all have that go-to because we know how to, quote unquote, get the job done. Nothing wrong with it, but it's like fast food. So what we're showing or what I show with my clients is this idea of expanding the pleasure beyond the genitals so that you can have more expansiveness. You're bringing in the breath. You're bringing in the movement. So it often looks like when I begin working um, in that breath, that movement, the body awareness, we did a one, uh, a, a series at your house and the whole hand, the awakening, the hand, and then just even just awakening the hand, even just do that right now, real quickly, just to even feel. What we're doing is we're rubbing one hand over the other very gently from your fingertips down to your palm. Yeah. And, and just, if you sit here and are noticing that sensation that just starts 
this body awareness. Yes. We would call it the tickle touch. Oh, mommy, tickle touch me, you know? Oh, that's beautiful. Or if if I asked him, you know, I'll say, tickle my back, tickle Mm -hmm. my knees, tickle my, you know, because it feels so good. Mm -hmm. And it's so relaxing. Even just doing this right now, like what you were talking about, getting that parasympathetic system and Mm -hmm. really dropping down, like just a few moments of grazing one hand over the palm of your other. Yes is very soothing. And if you just do one hand for a second and then you actually just, you know, edge the 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 edges of your nails to shift the kind of a touch and then maybe go on the inside and see if there's a spot in between the fingers at that V that's a little more yummy. See, it becomes erotic. Exactly. And this is what I want to point out. So what we're actually doing here is we're mapping the hand. We're mapping Uh, to see like, what are our spots on our hand? And who knew our hands are so utilitarian. We don't take the time to think about our hands being so erotic. Unless you can remember the very first time you ever held um, somebody's hand when you were a youngster, you can maybe remember like all this heat and electricity. Yes. Right? It's like how exciting when you go back. I, I used to think about this when like when you first start dating somebody and mm-hmm. it's like that first touch where their hand can just graze your thigh. Oh, I know. And it's like fireworks uh, in exactly. your body. <laughs> exactly. And that's what I'm saying. And and that happens when this awareness, but now that you stop touching your hand, I want you to notice the difference of your left hand versus your right. What do you notice in your hand that you were just touching? A lot more heat. Yeah, a lot more heat. Tingling. 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 Mm-hmm. Mine feels heavier, a little more swollen. Yes. Okay. So yeah. imagine you take that kind of time on the body, on the neck, finding all these spots throughout your body to find your erogenous zones. Then you kind of know where X marks the spot, where you have these elements. But then especially fast forward to the biggest breakthroughs in my work right now are with the vulva mapping. Because when you teach um, sequential certain types of movement and being with this outside, um, uh, the outside genitalia, which is the definition of a vulva, Mm -hmm. everybody always says vagina, but that's literally just the tube inside. The cavity. Yeah. The internal um, vaginal cavity. All that swollen, tingly heaviness, you're, you're activating all these erectile beds from not just your clitoral head, which everybody thinks is the clitoris, but the shaft and the vestibular bulbs. And then when you decide to go in, there's a potential for, you know, the G spot or the urethral glands or on the, the peri, um, the, the, the perennial sponge on the bottom, like on the ottoman of the vagina. So we have five erectile beds, but we don't know this because there's this just growing up, like sex isn't spoken about. We don't have great sex education. Um, and so until one seeks this kind of education to say, let me just learn about my body. What are these parts and, and what of my erectile, um, uh, beds are more, awake than another because some of us have some that are more. There's some women who can have a penis and a vagina or a finger or a toy and they're immediately like, oh my gosh. And that's likely because their perineum sponge is really activated versus other parts of them. And this is where I think a big piece could come into the shame part of the body awareness. Like what you're saying is 
like I think about just what you said on sex education here in the United States, it's really taught abstinence and mm. how not to get pregnant. how not to get <laughs> pregnant, and it's really not explored. So it's it's become this taboo, shame ridden topic instead of it being exploratory. Instead of it being like, I mean, the name of your company, Pleasure Moves, Pleasure mm. Moves, it being about pleasure. And yes. being about this exploration of pleasure. Like, and let me tell you, I've had clients come in and they're like, why do you have to call yourself that? They're, they're, they're really, it, they're ashamed. They're mm-hmm. like that. It makes me uncomfortable to say pleasure muse. And, and I just have to have so much empathy and love because that's just where they are in their journey. But even the things that we can think of pleasure, we think it's such an additive extra thing, but it's, it's part of how we have to live and and be in joy. It's not extra. It's part of our human nature. A hundred percent. That's the whole deliciousness that we're trying to share with everyone. And why this conversation is so important and beginning with yourself Mm -hmm. and your awareness of how you feel about sex, how you feel about pleasure, taking the time, just understanding how you think about this. Because I can imagine for some people that conversation that we just had about body mapping or vulva mapping can be quite uncomfortable. Correct. And how, as we say, to begin to make things less comfortable is practice. You spoke Mm -hmm. about this in the beginning about how, you know, just focusing on a body part, focusing on, and it doesn't even have to be in your genital region. Mm -hmm. I mean, in yoga, we do this with meditating and focusing on your heart Mm. and you sit there and just visualize the expansiveness. And I love how you've connected this. You've, it's almost like a mirror of yoga in terms of when I think of sex and ex- exploring sex and understanding it, I think of Tantra. Mm-hmm. And the more that I've learned about Tantra and like what you think about like tantric sex and things like that is it's again, this very shush, like you don't talk about this. It's hypersexualized when really Tantra is just it's this energy. It's deep connection and energy. Deep connection. Facing each other, like in that kind of position where you're facing each other and the heart circle and the love and genitals are facing. And really, it's scary. Intimacy is scary. Yeah. How many times do people just want to look the other way and get the job done? And that's exactly. the difference is being intimate with yourself and being able to like really feel what's possible and then bringing that to a partnership because then that's a really deep connection. One current client, she um, really took on the whole OYP, the orgasmic yoga practice really seriously. And she didn't actually tell her husband about her progress until they came into my office and he was blown away. And she said, oh, I just, she was saying these new things that I'm feeling and this relaxation that I feel in my body the whole day. And then we did a solo session and we did a vulva mapping. And when she was done, she just was like lilting. And I was like, oh, we've released all these hormones. So a lot of times in masturbation, when you're just the quick, what we all want to do to get the job done, Mm -hmm. you're just releasing the dopamine. So it's like a Mm -hmm. quick hit. Feels good for that moment, but it kind of goes away pretty quickly. Really common. Mm -hmm. This is why a lot of men... um, 
mostly men, but I'm sure there are some women too who have porn addictions. It's like they want that dopamine hit. But when you take this time, you're releasing the oxytocin and specifically the nitric oxide. And mm. so when she was feeling warmed and flush and like her whole body, just even from, and, and, and the vulva mapping, we don't bring to a climax. It's all this awareness of where your pleasure meter is and your pleasure potential and or if there's some remediation or trauma that we might need to heal also. And vulva mapping, just again, it's basically what we were doing, tracing like of our hands, but mm. we're doing that around the vulva. Around the vulva spot by point by point, a single finger touching, what are you noticing? And then they, they'll let me know, do you feel, um, do you feel my finger? Do you feel any sens- sens- sensitivity or pain or is there potential for pleasure or does it feel neutral? So this is where we're going or we're mapping any scars or we're mapping. So we're finding where their erogenous zones really are alive and teaching them touching as well. So she literally felt like she had drank a glass of wine. That's how yummy. So I call that orgasmicity. So she's been walking around with all this orgasmicity. So making her just feel so much more alive and full and in love with her own body. And so then it becomes like more like... You know, her husband seeing her like, oh my gosh, I need to do my homework too so I can get on your same path. <laughs> I wish you guys could see Dolly over here. Like she does this like body rolling. It's so sensual and it's so inviting. It's like, it makes you want to be like, I want to be that. I want to embody that. I yeah. want to have that level of comfort and self-awareness yes. that just like... It, what it does is it makes it acceptable and gives other people permission to be in that yes. for themselves. Yes. And, well, it, and it is okay. It is okay to do that because okay. so many, like the 40-year-olds that are having these new babies and they have like two and three young babies and and they're, you know, now we're in COVID and they're all stuck in the house. But even before that, you know, after you start having these babies, there's like, it, it, it's like shut down. And so to be able to come back to yourself, yes. to please yourself and open yourself back up to then be available for your husband or partner. Right. And it could just be as simple as even if you have all the children around that you put on the, the music and you're just dancing and moving that body or you have, it's mommy time. I'm taking a bath. Like it's my special mm-hmm. bath time and special lotion on my body. Like all of that. Uh, what's interesting is with this whole COVID thing, I had a COVID pivot in my work where booking people one-on-one wasn't available for most of the time. And now still only a few people do want to come in to see me in one-on-ones, but I created an online vulva mapping course. Yes. And what's cool about this is I never realized um, by, by working with somebody on Zoom and guiding them to touch in the way I'm guiding them, I don't even need to see the genitals. And they are having what I call agency from the very beginning. They are touching. So I'm like, oh my God, this is brilliant. Because sometimes I have definitely worked with clients that I've administered the touch. They've had their breakthrough and then they don't do their homework. Do you know what I mean? Then it kind of goes away. I'm like, why did you spend all that money and you're 
not continuing your own personal growth. Now here you are touching yourself from the very beginning. And it's amazing. And I've guided couples online doing the same thing where the partner is administering the touch and being the the quote unquote practitioner as I'm kind of a fly in the wall guiding. And it's fantastic. So soon um, I will have a do-it-yourself version. So for those who are even a little bit more shy, who Mm -hmm. even feel like just seeing me, my presence and my witnessing and being able to follow, like now I'm looking at you, Peggy, on the the Zoom Zoom and just being able to track your body and your breath. This is how I help people work through their stories or what is that I'm noticing? And they're like, well... I'm remembering um, when I had an inf- this infection and this is the part of my body and, and, and all these stories start coming through or, or the childbirth stuff or a, a boyfriend that did something, like all these things come through Trauma. that is held in yeah. this tissue. So we're letting it go. But in the do-it-yourself version, for some people who are still like, okay, I want to start it. I'll do a little, okay, I need to stop it. I love that. I love that. Because they might not be ready. Exactly. But they're curious. They've piqued the curiosity. And I want to touch on the fact of like why I think it also is so amazing the work that you're doing, Dolly, because I know through what could be traumatic experiences I've had in my life or through challenging situations or even wonderful situations. Like I think it goes both ways. The reason why I can live still in such joy and such confidence and comfort with myself is because I've had people to work through it with me. Mm. And as things come up that you might not know or realize that at that time when it happened, you've been holding on to it in your body or it's created this story or this stored Mm. trauma or feelings in your body, you can talk about it with somebody and release it and have the tools and having somebody to guide you on how to do that. Exactly. Yet it's with really the touch that is also needed. And that's the Mm -hmm. difference with the somatic healing because you are getting the hands on or your own hands or you're doing your own remediation. And then you can release even more what's in the fascia. Yes. Yeah. And so then what is the difference then between the actual sexological body worker or is it, it, does it intertwine the two? For some people, um, depending on where they got their certification, it can intertwine. But an actual sexological body worker, when I say we're going to do a sexological body work session, that means mm-hmm. it'll be hands-on. And that's one-way touch, me to them, I'm gloved, so yeah. me to the to the client, and it's client-led. So we're co-creating, and it's not like you're going to go off and like have a zen place. That woman was feeling zen, like she was like, oh, wow. Um, the client that I was referring to earlier, but then I, you know, she's coming back to speak to me. So I'm noticing, I'm not moving to the next point until we check in with her body. Are you ready for me to release this point to go to the next point? Yes. So we're dealing, we're layering in consent. So they, we are being guided by the body. One woman, oh my gosh, it was fantastic. So I talk about one of the favorite things that I love to teach is the vulva hug or the cupping of the vulva. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so, you know, you put your hand over, you can meditate and do that in the morning, just kind of cupping your vulva, like, you know, one hand over the other. And we were beginning this process in my office over the sheet. So I was gently coming into the body step by step and we, you know, each she gave me permission to put my hands there 
she was keeping her eyes closed the whole time and I let her be there for a little bit, but then I just wanted to check in and I said, so I'm noticing your eyes are closed and I just want you, um, what are your habits around when you get touched? I don't want to, I'm noticing that I'm not feeling this connection with you and then it feels like you're kind of going away. And she just, she says, wow. She says, I'm, by you even pointing that out, I'm realizing that whenever I have sex with my boyfriend, I just kind of pull away, like let him get what he needs to get done. And then I, then I, she kind of checks out. So we had this whole conversation about that and we, and then, and I was like, okay, I want you to be with me. And I was like, and we don't have to go anyplace else. This may be how, this may be the, the point of this session. We can just stay here and and talk about it. And then we, I asked if she was ready to move on and she said, no, she checked in with her vulva. Again, that practicing of the dialogue. And she's like, I think I just need you to be here for a little bit longer. And I, it was the longest vulva hug I ever did. I'm not kidding you. We were there for 15 minutes. And it, that's amazing. If you've ever done like, like I've, I've, I did this practice in meditation where you, you gaze, eye gazing in somebody's mm. eyes, like five minutes of that is a lifetime. And to do a 15 minute, like that, it is beyond intimate when you're sitting there, like how... I feel like we have this like very extreme understanding of intimacy and mm-hmm. something as intimate as just looking someone in the eyes. So true. Heart to heart, facing them mm-hmm. with no, dis- no distractions can be some of the most intimate moments that you have. Exactly. Exactly. And so when we got her to be there and be with me, and it wasn't that we were, we were creating, I was, and it wasn't that we were, I was moving erotic energy. Totally. It was like being a sister to her and like just being with her and letting her be in her power. And it wasn't silent 15 minutes. Yeah. You know, we would let some silence go and I'm like, what are you noticing? And then she'd say, I'm noticing the warmth. I'm noticing some expansiveness. I'm noticing some power come up into my abdomen. I'm feeling like I'm transforming right here into a, from a young woman into a woman. I've never given myself this time and space. I've never asked for what I wanted. Like all this stuff was coming out of her mouth. Like it gives me chills. I have full body chills like, too. Oh my God. It was amazing. And, and, and I'm like listening going, what you're doing is you're building this confidence, this self-confidence and really helping people in this connection with themselves. Right. Like that, that is therapy right there. It, and the skill that I was uh, modeling for her there is attunement. Oh. I was watching her body, tuning into what her body, I'm like, I'm noticing you're keeping your eyes closed. When have you done that before? Or or where are you right now? And like checking in with her. So by my being able to reflect, then she starts to develop that awareness. Like mm-hmm. next time that happens, she's like, oh, I'm okay. closing my eyes again. So she's going to start to develop the attunement. Same thing when I work with couples. And we didn't get a chance to do much of the body work stuff. But when um, when you get, because we were doing other, you know, intimate couples things, but in terms of the body work, when you're on the table, that's when you really start to look at the attunement and understanding the person's body. Because the, one of the best skills that I love is when you do work with couples, then you teach the one-way touch. 
So somebody can just truly be a receiver and then one partner can be the giver. Like what are, you know, what is your body craving? What are you needing? Because then you feel so nourished and great. And it's not about, oh, he's going to do this for this long. And then can I really enjoy it? Because then I'm going to have to do this for this many minutes back to him. And it's all this stuff, but literally it taking like a lab day, one day a week or one day a month, whatever you work out or, you know, eat each of you gets a turn on a different day of the week. It's just so nourishing. I love that so much because I think a lot I know from conversations with my girlfriends and other things, like I personally know I love giving. It is pleasurable for me to see that I am pleasing my partner and seeing that excitement. It's very rewarding. Mm. And I know for some people being able to receive as I've noticed sometimes, is very challenging. Very challenging. And when you make the time to really know that that is equally as important and vice versa, Mm -hmm. because I think then what happens is, is you see this high rate in divorce, this, this lack of, this lack of intimacy in relationships is that if somebody is just always in the receiving role and someone's always in the giving role, where is that balance? No balance. And then oh. resentment builds exactly. up. <laughs> and, and the disconnect. That to me is the disconnect. So when Dolly, Tim, and I worked with you mm-hmm. and we were learning, I mean, Tim and I are very communicative anyway, mm-hmm. but for him to really learn, no, this is how I like to be taught. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. the most incredible. And we have practiced since then, you know, and learned even just with our own selves mm-hmm. of listening to our bodies. What do you want? And working through, I mean, we just, we just worked through a past trauma of mine wow. that was really huge, you know? And so it was like, Okay, this work, even though for the few times that we saw you, it mm-hmm. still extended into us practicing yes. and connecting. We did do some table work. It was, yeah. it was clothes on and it was just the holding and checking in with your body, like 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 doing a body scan to know like where you wanted to be touched and just the hand placement and even the simplicity of that, because I remember his hands were doing and I was like, let me just put my hand on your hand, Tim. Mm-hmm. And then watch Pe- watch Peggy's body. And when we stopped and then you went, you had your deep breath. And I was like, <sighs> that's what you want to see. Because if you're doing this, it might be how you want to touch or you think. And there's also this thing that partners think that we need to do each other. I need to do this and do this and do a lot. And part- women particularly need a lot more I'm not saying that this is true for every woman, mm-hmm. but the majority of the of the female clients that I've worked with, they need a lot more steady holding and not yes. the fast. Men like a little quicker. <laughs> the well, they get so excited. Yes. They get so excited. <laughs> they do. That the excitement kind of takes over. And Tim's always been, you know, that yes. way. And it's like He's so adorable. endearing. Yeah. And I you love know? this, you know, as a couple that's been together for over 40 years, your entire almost life. 50 almost 50 years. Okay, 50 years. I'm corrected. Since you guys were in high school, you know, that evolution together, it is this practice of coming back, checking in after all these stages of your life that you guys have committed to this. I'm curious both from mom, you and for you, Dolly, as a woman, you're curious about this, or maybe it's you're the man and you're curious about this. How do you present this? Because as you're saying, you had a couple sessions and knowing my father, I can't imagine him being like, 
yep, let's go do this sex work. <laughs> like, oh, totally. How do you, how would you even begin this conversation? How would well, you, how would you introduce it? Well, so for me, I was going through some really hard times and I had explained to Dolly after she was in one of our resets as a speaker, I said, you know, I, I'm a juicy person and I don't like when my libido is shut down. And so for me, I know that part of connecting with my partner, with daddy, is that I, I needed to figure out ways to not be shut down. And so that's my own kind of awareness around myself. And so I asked dad, you know, we had just had Dolly and what do you think? I'd really like us to go check this out because dad's a sexual human being. And we both had, you know, just, we have this wonderful relationship. And so I presented it to him and then we had, you know, several sessions with Dolly and some of them are just talking, just getting through the first hurdle. Remember? I know, but you know what I'm remembering? He he was open to it and you, we did a gift certificate to him and I made him like this page and and you presented it to him and you said, even though, and he was so excited because what happened was anticipation because you couldn't come in for a couple of months, but you wanted to present him with this like day with the pleasure muse or something. It was, you're like, can you make a a gift? Yeah. You're like, can you make something? I'm like, for you, I'll do anything, Peggy. (laughs) And so you gave it as a present. He was like, oh my gosh, we're going to do this. And he was like looking forward to it. And when the appropriate time came, you did. Yeah. It was so, it's so beautiful. And we can't wait to do more. You know, we cannot wait to do more because it is, you know, when you get to a certain age and you been with someone as long as we've been together. It's it's just the self discovery that there's even that much more that we don't even know about exactly. this pleasure. And so I want to point to um, piggyback off of what you're saying, and then come back to Megan's question. Uh, most of my clients, I will have to say, are in their mid forties, their forties, fifties, and sixties. They're at the point in their life where they're starting to become empty nesters or their kids have enough independence or they're teenagers and they're like, they want to save a marriage. They're going through a divorce. They're rediscovering themselves or getting back out dating. Um, a woman might be postmenopausal and she's like, I'm tired of having bad sex. I want to have a good next <laughs> chapter or a good next decade. Yes. Like they're just finally the hormones have swapped. They're like, I'm putting myself first because I put everybody else first ahead of me. So this is the majority of my clients. But so I, And so I love it when a woman's like, I'm just ready to be sexual. Tell me how to do it. And they're super curious. Um, I get a fair amount of people who are like, I'm in pain. I'm nervous. I'm scared. Uh, um, but it's nice when some twenties and thirties come to me, but, but they're, they're wanting to like, know, can we have, some have issues, Mm -hmm. um, that like, they really need some help over a hurdle, but there are some people in all these age ranges of a small percentage that are just saying, we've discovered some really great things and we just want to know what else. I love that. So it doesn't have to just be a problem. So the way that I would say, you know, you, Megan, you're 31, you're dating, um, and you just say, I am just curious about learning about my body. I'm curious about what else is out there. 
a lot of couples have come to me after they've heard that Sex with Emily podcast because it's kind of flirty and fun. Mm -hmm. It's the one from last year. And so (laughs) couples will listen to it or they'll say, how do I tell my boyfriend or how do do I tell my wife? And I'll say, make a date night, listen to Sex with Emily, see if they're curious, if it piques a conversation. Well, what do you want to learn? Or what about this? And so just say, I want to be able to understand your body more. I want to understand my own body. What, how, what else is there to learn? And, and that's how also I want to say how I decided to make the commitment to do this training to become a sexological body worker. Back to my original story, when I had my last miscarriage, I'm like, okay, I don't think my body is just going to <laughs> be able to make a baby. So if we're not using sex for procreation, what else is there? What else mm. can we learn about sex? And just take the focus off. And and I was doing it for a lot of personal things. And then I was like, wow, I'm kind of good at this. I think I should, I, I will do this professionally. I love that. And even you just like that awareness of your body and that like as women, I know I talk to a lot of my girlfriends that have gone through miscarriages and are struggling getting pregnant and that surrendering to what your body is telling you. Yeah. I just have to acknowledge that because that's so huge. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. also taking something that can be very traumatic, very difficult. And instead of it then being like to your partner, you're like, this is what we're going to do about this. And Mm -hmm. this is how like for my evolution and my self-love and to love for this partnership this is what we're going to commit to yes. and bring the fun and the joy back into that. Exactly. Exactly. And it was a really hard time for me then to have to deal with all the loss. I mean, I, I never thought I would not be a biological mother. I mean, hello, I was part of the team to develop Dora the Explorer for Nickelodeon. I was a natural at being, I like, I love preschoolers. I just couldn't wait to be a, a biological mother. Thankfully, I was blessed to have um, stepsons who I was with since they're four and seven. So I at least got the, the age that I really love. And they're, mm-hmm. they're young men now. Um, but... I love what you said about sexual evolution. That's what's on the top of my website, like sexual evolution, because we all evolve every day. We're learning things. And so why wouldn't you learn about sex? How many books are there on like the craziest things, uh, like how to, you know, paint your wall a certain way or like every little thing, like novels of encyclopedias, why wouldn't our genitals be the same? I mean, there's so much there. (laughs) Well, and it's so a part of our God-given life. Yes, This is who we are. We're created to create. Yes, And so I love this. You know, you were just saying about, you know, your website. I love your website, first of all. Mm. I love the things that you've put on the Pleasure Muse website. And I especially love you've added these things. They're called COVID tips, mm-hmm. stay-at-home romance tips. Mm-hmm. And I love this one thing that was so funny. It's holistic. How do you say it? Holistic. Holistic. Uh-huh. So like holistic. Uh-huh. Holistic. Oh my God, I love that. And you give these like eight tips about, you know, okay, one is establish boundaries. Mm-hmm. I find that so interesting because Megan and I always talk about boundaries. She's really good at boundaries. <laughs> I'm not so good at boundaries. That's how we can but work together. In terms <laughs> and then that's what's so interesting because 
you know, in a sexual relationship, how does boundaries enter? I'm really fascinated about that's your number one tip. Like, what do you? And well, that was these were my COVID stay at home tips, uh-huh. but it does. It, we can bring it into the, your question about how does it relate. So, in terms of, I was trying to create this this one sheet for people like how to survive during COVID, and it was like create boundaries like this is my time, my personal time. This is my this is our us time. You know, setting if you have kids at home setting up what they're going to do so that you, so, you know, the parents can have some private time. So establishing the boundaries, it just helps manage expectations and it has people be a little bit more successful in Mm, terms of what their goals want to be, Mm -hmm. you know, and it can just be like, looking at the times of day that people feel more more randy, more erotic, you know, and, and people have different times. I tell Jason, I was like, if you come to me after eight o'clock, I, I expire. <laughs> Such good self-awareness. Me too. <laughs> you know, every now and then I'll have a big rah-rah, you know, yeah. at night. But I remember when the kids were growing up, the kids knew it's like, we had a lock on our door. It was the only one that we really had a lock on instead we're having tub time or doing yoga. And that was our quiet time, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, um, a boundary is, is amazing. Yeah. Um, and then there's one, it's called compassion, which I also love. Having have compassion for each kid. other. Yeah. Having compassion because sometimes when you don't follow your own boundaries, <laughs> having <laughs> compassion for yourself. So I think one of the boundaries was COVID. It was like, don't work in your pajamas. This is like in the beginning of COVID when I put this out, you know, do your work, get dressed, take a shower and then have compassion on because there's going to be some days that you're on your laptop in your bed, haven't brushed your teeth. (laughs) Yeah. So having compassion for your own self plus your partner, because these times are so, so, uh, uncertain. Yeah. Uncertain. Yeah. Yeah. And, and stressful. And I think stress plays a lot of part in our bodies. So, you know, just kind of flipping it back to that one-on-one time, like tonight's my night and you're just going to, you know, having the compassion to realize, well, maybe my partner really needs a massage tonight Mm -hmm. and not expecting anything in return. But you know, honey, I know that you really need a massage. Let me rub your feet. Let me just tickle you or just whatever. And who knows what comes of it. But at least that to me is bringing compassion into these times. Right, right. So there's a couple of things like asking, like, do you want this? And you get their permission or maybe creating a surprise. One of the things was like create making them feel like a special guest or planning a special night. Um, but sometimes if we say, especially the people like Megan, who are the ultimate giver and don't yeah. like to mm-hmm. receive, mm-hmm. if your boyfriend came to you and said, would you like a massage? You would say, well, I don't know. What would you say? Well, now I'd be like, yes, I would love one. Um, but I think in the past I might've been like, okay, I'll do you next. Right. In other words, feeling like you can only receive if if you give. give. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, I was, I had that pattern of being the overgiver and I realized like, oh, I am overgiving and doing, 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 thinking that I have to earn love. 
Yes. Wow. Yes. Big point right here, people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That you have to do something in order to be worthy of receiving. Yes. That was a big limiting belief and self-belief that we worked with our good friend, Shelly. I did a lot of work around that. So Mm -hmm. now I can sit here and say, I would love that massage. And hopefully (laughs) my partner would want to give it to me with nothing expected in return. But that took, like I said, I'm 31 and I'm just now like accepting that. Right. But see then when you say yes, if somebody makes that offer, then it's really their job to then go set up the massage table and make the space look nice because then what I'll do if, if sometimes we've caught ourselves and then we'll get in a little bit of an argument and we'll say, this is our night and he'll get busy and he's like, oh, it's that massage time. Well, when are you ready for it? And then I'm thinking, then I stop, I pull back. I'm like, Oh, do you want me to go set it up or you want me to figure it out? Like, no, you know, so (laughs) even the pleasure muse comes into those hiccups once in a while, but but mostly Jason has been really well trained, but we're human. We get busy with work and all that stuff. So it's, it's hard for a person who has a hard time to receive to then say, well, are you, are you going to do that? (laughs) Uh, Like, wait, you bringing that up and saying that I'm visualizing like the, previous times where that's happened, I was setting it up. I was lighting candles. I was doing this, even though I'm just receiving. Oh, it's so true. Exactly. So that's where the love languages come in for me. Mm. Like, you know, because right there for them, if they're willing to give, then go in for the full Monty. You create it. You set it up because we are the doers. Mm. But I think what you said too, your point on training your husband. Mm. Yes. That is, it's like, This is where boundaries and certain things come in. It's like, you know, in partnership, it's all about training. And I I mean, even training, but just like letting people understand, like, this is who I am. This is who you are. And it's kind of figuring that out. And as you become more aware of your needs, you can start expressing that. And like you said, everything is a practice. Like you, you yourself, the pleasure muse even runs into these hiccups and these situations where you have to remind somebody given circumstances that might be more stressful times or whatever is happening, that that's the compassion piece of coming Mm -hmm. back to like, we're going to continue to work on this. We're going to continue to evolve. We're going to continue to be like, yes, and this is how It's so important. Well, and let's make it easy for them too, Mm. you know, by having like when we redid our whole feng shui, our bedroom, and we have a drawer that has some things in it. And in our Buddha room, we have this beautiful, you know, yummy carpet. So, and, you know, having the candle in a place where they can find it. So they actually know that they can set it up with the thing. They don't have to go looking. They know where it is. Mm -hmm. And I think that's part of what you were saying in the training of him, Mm -hmm. you know, of your partner, not just him, but of your partner, that you have everything together. So it makes it easy on them. And I don't want it to sound like like a dog training school or something. Totally, no, totally. <laughs> but 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 it's it's you can't train somebody until you know what you want, until you know where your right. limitations are, and so it's actually a co creation where we tune into. If I do a massage for you, what do you like? I, he might just like to lay on the floor. He might like mm-hmm. not want the whole all this setup. He might want just right out of the shower, you know, 
just so, so kind of figuring out what works for each of you so Mm -hmm. that when it's your turn to give to him, you're also being mindful that you're not doing it in the way that you want to. I love this so much. It makes me think about, you know, and all of those like romance, I don't know how, how many people can relate to this, but like of partners that I've heard that are just like, what do you want? Like, I wish I just knew what you were thinking. And it's like, what, like you just that, like, I, I like, or as a woman, you're like, he should know, but how should he know? Mm-hmm. You they don't have, know. They don't know anything, especially if you're not communicating. It. When you, I say, when a, per, a partner asks, what would make you happy? Mm. And they, and then you have a response. First of all, figure out what would make you happy. Okay. And being able to respond to that and, and, and not just answering right away, but taking a breath. And this is my best thing. I'm not sure I want to feel into that. Love that response. (laughs) Let me just feel into it. And then you just kind of check in with your body. What does your body need? What is this? You know, what would really make me happy is, and you say it. And if they do it, it counts double. Yes. <laughs> it's more important when they you ask and they do it than getting some random surprise because they actually accomplished it and vice versa for you to do to them. They listened and executed. Yes. I'm like, I think about and all my partners, I'm like, you can tell me whatever, but action. Show me that you listened to what I said and do it. Like, I don't want to have to come back and remind you. Mm-hmm. And if you do extra credit, I love that. Mm-hmm. Oh my mm-hmm. God. Well, Dolly, you have so many tips on your Pleasure <laughs> Muse website. And I know we could go forever. And I hope <laughs> this is so I nice to talk to you too. That that we'll be able to have you back Thank on. Thank you. But if you, you know, if you are so curious about Dolly's tips, there's eight incredible COVID romance tips. Everything that Dolly does. If you're curious about it all, not just her tips. Yes. No, I mean, it's pretty amazing. And the pleasuremuse.com, or you can also follow Dolly at, at pleasure muse on Instagram and Facebook. Yeah, I, I do mostly Instagram, but I do, I don't have pleasure muse on, on Facebook. It's just Dolly Josette on Facebook. Dolly but I'm most, okay. it's, it's, I'm mostly focusing on Instagram. Instagram, <laughs> also your newsletter, subscribing to your newsletter off of oh, your website. Yeah. You give such wonderful tips. Thank and whenever you. you have new courses, I'm assuming, and all these things come out, that is such a wonderful way to stay up to yes. date of all of this. Thank you. And I, I think Dolly has a course. Do you have a course in September coming up, Dolly? Um, it's getting, it's in October. It's the okay, Touch, perfect. Feel, Connect, the Vulva Mapping. Yes. Oh, we're yes. excited. Yes. <laughs> we're so excited. And I, I want to reiterate like what you said, you know, this work truly is for every age. I think about my mom and I talk a lot about prevention and preventing trauma and preventing uh, failed relationships or I even say not even failed, but like lessons, learning experiences mm-hmm. and being able to do this, whether you're in your twenties, your thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, when, wherever you are in your life, this work is applicable to you and to just really deepen that self-awareness, deepen that connection with yourself and with a partner and with your family, creating yes. this safe space to be able to be self-aware, be embodied, be yes. curious. Mm. Yes. 
We are just so grateful for you for doing this work. Thank you. I am so grateful that you're putting this on such a wonderful platform and that we're talking about it because we want to take it out of the shadows. It's yeah. really valid and important and not anything that we need to hide about. Exactly. Oh my gosh. Dolly, thank you from my heart because you have made our lives so delicious in so many ways with your amazing work and your healing work as our pleasure muse. Oh, and Peggy, thank you. We are we are deeply grateful. So thank you for being on this show and if if you loved this podcast as much as we love sharing it, please, you know, um subscribe, rate, review and share it because I'm sure there's a person out there somewhere that could really appreciate this conversation. Yes. Thank you, ladies. Thank you. Um, really wonderful to see you. <laughs> so um, good. I love you, Dolly. Love you, too. You're so lucky she's your mom. <laughs> I love my mom, but I want to be the adopted daughter in this family. Done. Everybody is. It's our fifth sister. <laughs> you are a, an anointed fifth sister. I love it. <laughs> Sunday family dinner when you get back in town. Yes. <laughs> okay. Thank love you. It. Before we go, we are excited to share with you our friend McLean's podcast, Mother the Mother. I am lucky to call McLean a friend and someone who is a wonderful source of knowledge. The Mother the Mother podcast is an online space for women to gather energetically sister to sister and mother to mother to focus on the power of mothers and offer real life advice and experience of pregnancy, birth, and most importantly, the postpartum shift. Mother the Mother podcast creates a sacred space for healing, educating, and sharing our stories as we journey through womanhood and motherhood together. It is a powerful time in history to be a woman, and as we navigate these changing tides, we can help empower and heal ourselves, exactly what Pegs and I believe. You will hear stories of conception, pregnancy, birth, owning a business, conscious partnership, alternative healing modalities, and so much more. Listen and enjoy to our dear friend and your new friend, Mother the Mother podcast. Mm -hmm.